As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Soccer Show and our final pod of 2021. What a year it's been! A failed Super League, the biggest player in the world reluctantly leaving his club because they can't do numbers properly, a dramatic European Championship, steady success for the USMNT in the Ocho, and lots of stuff we've probably forgotten. On this episode, we're continuing our annual tradition of setting soccer New Year's resolutions for ourselves, for those in the game, and for anybody else we see. Fit. My name is Ryan Bailey. Joining me today is a man who doesn't know about you, but he's feeling 2022. Taylor Rockwell. I, I I was looking forward to 2022 until you listed all those things that happened in 2021 that I, if you asked me when did the Super League happen, I would have said at least two years ago. I cannot believe that happened this year. Time has not flown. It's just been very condensed and there's been way too many dramatic things happening this year. Time is a flat circle. What better way to queue up New Year's resolutions, Taylor? I uh, I, I agree there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Oh, boy, indeed. Joining us for our resolutions is a man who sees 2022 as a year in which he can buy loads of kits and watch 17 (laughs) games every weekend. Graham (laughs) Ruffin. Hello, Ryan Bailey. I mean, that is fairly accurate. I've already been on the... uh, the kit forums, yes, those are a thing to uh, scope out what kits might be coming in 2022. Uh, Charlotte FC, of course, y- you guys have already got your kit out for 2022, and I think I'm going to actually buy that one. I, very, I like the blue. It's Ooh. it's a nice blue. It adds to the MLS color palette very nicely. So I think that will be on a wish list at some point. Very nice, Graham. We'll see what we can do about that. There's an away strip coming as well. But are you on the forum? This is like a Reddit thing. What are you? Are you, are you, are you the <laughs> webmaster of this forum? footyheadlines.com you'll get all your chat and all your leaks i'm not on commission i don't i'm not even sure if they make any money so uh <laughs> it's just uh saddles like me <laughs> basically on there but uh, it's, it's good fun i like it sounds wonderful well unfortunately not here today is joe lowry i think he's somewhere busy counting down the days till he can board that cruise ship hotel in qatar and watch christian bullisic dominate at the world cup in 22 I mean, Arizona Joe, he does, he's not going to mind 100 degrees in the desert in December, is he, Taylor? I think uh, he'll eat that for breakfast, won't he? 
Oh yeah, I, I think Joe is Joe is built for the heat. Joe is not built for the humid, and Joe is not built for like rain. I don't think. I think rain still continues to confuse him, but heat, no problem for him. You just made me think of those like F one fifty ads in NFL games. Not built for the rain, <laughs> not built for the humid, but built for the heat. Arizona Joe. Go. Arizona Joe. <laughs> Arizona Joe historically has been a different character when it comes to American history. But I like the idea that we are reinventing Arizona Joe as being a tactics and analytics loving soccer fan. Okay, maybe I'll just stick with Joe in future then. I'm, I was flexing that one out for a while. But why don't we, gents, get to our New Year's resolutions? That is what we've come here to do. Graham, why don't we come to you first? What is your first resolution you would like to bestow onto listener? Okay, so my first New Year's resolution is for a certain Ralph Ranick, and he is to clean out the clutter. Of course, this is a common one for those of us who head into the New Year looking to clear out some space in the house or in the garage or somewhere else. For, for Ralph Ranick, he needs to clear out some space in his My Night Squad, and he needs to be ruthless about it. So don't keep any DVDs you're never going to watch or central defenders that you're never going to play looking at you. <laughs> Phil Jones. Uh, and yeah, be ruthless about it. I, I do think, to be serious for a second, I do think there's the core of a good team at Manchester United. I haven't really changed my opinion since the summer when I said that they had the squad on paper, at least to challenge for trophies. However, Ranić's there to give that squad a bit more shape, instill some footballing principles in a team that basically hasn't been uh, coached for three years <laughs> and, uh, and streamline things a little bit. So that means... I'm looking at players like Jesse Lingard, Anthony Marshall, who already seems to kind of be on his way out. Dean Henderson, uh, Ahmed Diallo, send him out on loan. Can they find a buyer for Nemanja Matic? I know they gave him a contract, a new contract not so long ago, but be ruthless. That's, that's the, that's the motto for Ralph Ranić. So if they can get rid of Matic, I would get rid of him too. And just clear the little, the, the decks a little bit, just like, uh, we, everyone tends to do with that, that one, uh, junk room in their house at this time of year. Graham. Um, I think you're, you're, you are, like, I love that, that resolution, first of all, and I think it's one he should follow. You, you are giving realistic, like, like players that could be moved on, uh, junk that could be cleared out, clutter that could be cleared. If you were going with maybe less realistic, but more useful clearing out, are there any players that come to mind that you think could do with a move, could do with a loan, that are thought of as more sort of like cemented in that team, usually in the starting 11, usually in the squad, but maybe shouldn't be or aren't quite, quite fitting in your mind? Uh, Ronaldo, maybe? That would be the one I was wondering about. <laughs> uh, obviously, it seems a little bit unrealistic that they would get rid yeah. of him six months after the, that he signed. But, you know, if at, at the end of the season, which maybe is a more realistic uh, option, if, if there's a, I don't know, an MLS move or a, or a move back to, to sporting in Portugal, where obviously he came, he came from earlier in his career, uh, I would say maybe explore that one, Manchester United, because he seems to have upset things a little bit in terms of the balance of that team. Uh, Graham, I love this resolution. I've, I'm thinking of a slightly different one for Ranić. I don't know if you caught the Newcastle game on the 27th. Um, he mm-hmm. could like maybe get his players to do the things he wants them to do because they weren't doing <laughs> those things. Maybe that's a good resolution for January. <laughs> yeah, and I, I read, um, I can't remember who the, the article was by, but basically Ranić was surprised that they didn't do any of the things that he had <laughs> he had uh, taught them on the training pitch, which I thought was was quite amusing. And also reports of uh, 
Manchester United players unhappy that they're being forced to sit in what was what did I read they, they now sit in groups of four in the canteen and they're they're not happy about that it, they seem like quite a easy group to uh, disturb and maybe that's not <laughs> maybe that's not the the traits you want in a title challenging team yeah I couldn't believe that game after watching Rennick's first few games of them oh look even Ronaldo's doing a little press this is amazing to that game where it was just like Solskjaer's still in charge here. What's going on? Have I slipped into a time machine? This is quite bizarre. They're making Newcastle look like peak Man City here. Very strange indeed. I love that resolution. I think I might move on and keep things in Manchester, if that's okay, gents. I've got one for Man City. I want them to use that sweet, sweet Ferran Torres money, that 55 million euro, as a nice fat deposit for Erling Haaland. That's what I want them to do in 2022. They should resolve to bring him in and specifically not... Harry Kane. Go off, Kings. Go get Haaland. Do not get Kane. Do not get Mr. Four Goals in 16 games this season. I I just think, Graham, if you think of those two players, is it even a contest over which you would want as your number nine? For for me, no, it's absolutely Haaland. As much down to his, his age as anything else. You know, Kane is obviously... How old is Kane? 28, 29? And, and Haaland is obviously in his, his early 20s. So you, you're possibly going to get a decade out of Erling Haaland as the best goal scorer in Europe. Whereas with Kane, you're maybe only get, going to get a few years. So I've always found it a little bit peculiar that Guardiola wants to, to go for Kane, Kane seemingly over, over Haaland. But, but, uh, Ryan, do we really need Man City to be even better? I mean, I, I was thinking yeah. maybe we could take a player off them every <laughs> match that they play. So every, every game that they win, we, we take someone away from that team rather than giving them like the next great goal scorer in European football. I was All thinking right. the other, the other, on the, on the flip side of things. So if they go like nine points clear, no Rodri for you next week. And we yeah, just exactly. keep taking players away. I like that. <laughs> I like the sound of that. What do you think, Taylor? Do you want to see... I think I want to see Haaland in the Premier League more than anything. Not that I've got anything against the Bundesliga, of course, but, you know, back in his home nation of England, where he was born, <laughs> where he's supposed to be representing the international team, but he doesn't, unfortunately. What do you think, Taylor? Uh, I would I would like that. It sounds like maybe he would not like that. It sounds like maybe he has his eyes set on somewhere more continental. But I think it would be fun to have him in the Premier League. I don't think I want him at Man City because I do feel like that is... Sometimes you could add that extra piece that like pushes the team over the top in a bad way and just makes them too difficult to operate. I don't think that would be Holland under Pep. I think they would just be even more elite in the way they play. I had uh, resolutions for both of these clubs, so I will stay in Manchester. Uh, well, I have one resolution. Uh, the sad news for Man United, they wanted to have a resolution, but it was unclear which board member was supposed to be deciding the resolution. <laughs> so instead, they've gone with an interim resolution until they can find a permanent solution. But for right now, their interim resolution is to just have more positive vibes this season, guys. It's all about the vibes at Man United. For Man City, uh, who I think looked back on their year and felt like they were procrastinating a bit, they could have gotten some things done earlier. This time around, they've resolved to go ahead and win the title in March and not put it off, not delay. <laughs> they're just going to get it done early. Then they're going to move on with their business. Um, Taylor, for years and years, we've been saying the biggest problem in Man United is they just don't have a position for director of resolutions. And that's the one thing we've been saying over and over. So maybe that's the, the spot they need to fill, right? That's that's probably the most logical one. I feel like we're giving them ideas that they will actually now try to fill. And that will somehow be a like a two million pound a year job of director of resolutions. Yeah. 
Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Oh, some some fantastic uh, 2022's happenings in Manchester for sure. Oh, by the way, just one more note on Haaland, by the way. I was reading about the transfer rumours about him. He is indeed linked to Real Madrid and uh, and uh, Man City and a few others. Mino, his agent, um, he is apparently, according to The Sun, demanding a commission of $63 million for the deal. That's £47 million pounds, uh, involving his client, Mr. Harland, should City want to pay Mina Riola that much money. That's quite a big commission, isn't it, Graham? Yeah, but I've got questions over how that's going to work. So obviously, yep. Harland's release clause is famously €75 million Euros in the summer. What did you say there? €63 million? Euros. Dollars. Uh, Dollars, right. million pounds. Right, so what's that in euros? Like just over fifty million euros yep. or something like that. Yep. So of that, of that seventy-five million, does he get that cut, or is that on top of the seventy-five? I'm confused as to how he's demanding that. Maybe he's just making up his own rules, uh, which seems like well, maybe that is what he does, I guess. But I'm confused as to what the the terms of those demands. There is a little bit got- like last days of the Roman Empire vibe about Mino Raiola, where I I could totally see him from his thrown in his like uh, agency office just like i want 60 million now that's what i demand and not really knowing if it's rooted in reality but just demanding that it happen and maybe it will maybe it won't wonderful stuff taylor uh, i hope you don't resolve to stop doing historical references uh, in 2022 because <laughs> I, I do I enjoy those <laughs> well we'll see i hope you don't uh, in the meantime we're going to take a very quick break when we come back more resolutions This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Total Soccer Show, we are back. We are talking New Year resolutions for 2022. Guys, I'm going to lay one on you now, and it's one I kind of need advice on, if that's okay. This is, uh, Taylor, if you remember last year's resolution show, I think I made a very similar resolution, which hasn't worked out in 2021. I want to try a little harder to get my girls, my two girls in my family, my daughters, if you will, Mm. to watch more soccer, to be more engaged in soccer. Because I think as a person like you two, who has the soccers on the TV all the time and who occasionally goes to the soccers, uh, it can go one way or the other with the children. They can either be really engaged and want to come and watch the soccer with daddy or they don't. And mine have not been so engaged with it because uh, time when the soccer is on the TV is when the cartoons are not on the TV table. <laughs> so um, that that is a, that is an issue. That, a- any advice from either of you, Graham? It sounds like you might have some really um, sage advice to get my children more into the beautiful game. Well, all, all I was going to say is I have definitely seen your daughters in Wimbledon shirts on your Instagram account. And do, do you mean to tell me that that wasn't their uh, their choice, that they didn't do that out, out of their own uh, prerogative? Was that, that forced, Ryan Bailey? It was a Photoshop. <laughs> it's a Photoshop, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just lied and says those were, those were the new frozen dresses, and they they went yeah. for them right away. 
I mean, uh, I'm trying things. I bought them shirts. And, you know, I've tried that. What else, Taylor? I mean, I mean, first, first of all, I really appreciate that your resolution is to force your children to watch soccer. <laughs> that's that's a solid resolution by you. <laughs> I, I have I have pondered this same thing, and I think my like. <clears throat> My daughter's only a year old. Uh, she's mostly just into like bright objects on the screen if and when the screen is on. So she's kind of into it from that perspective. I don't know if that will work for you, Ryan, but I think my, my approach is just going to be to have it on and to not like to basically make it like a, a like a thing that I am doing and they can or she can choose to join me if she wants to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I say come watch soccer with me. Everything that I have heard points to she will not do that. But if I am quietly watching soccer by myself and she gets to watch soccer, then it seems like maybe she will do it if it's of her own decision making. Ryan, what mm. about getting them to play soccer first? That might be a better hey. kind of gateway drug, given that 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 might be an easier sell. That might be <laughs> that might be more fun uh, in an obvious sense. And then you transition them into uh, big Wimbledon fans, or you know, uh- like a good team if they want to support a good team. Oh yeah, my girls have played in the past, and I do take them out in the yard and play with them. Trouble is, Graham, we live in Italy; they don't really play soccer there. That's not. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Famously, <laughs> famously so. Yeah. Um, so uh, actually, I have a serious. I have, I have a serious answer has dawned on me. Um, if I want, like uh, my wife, if I want her to get into a game, my wife, uh, I have to find a narrative that I know will appeal to her. So if it's a historical rivalry, like I can get her into Leeds Man United. Uh, not just because I'm a Man United fan, but because I can explain the War of the Roses connections with both of the clubs and the historical sort of rivalry that exists there. And I think that will pull her in. I don't know if the historical nerdiness will work for your uh, daughters, Ryan, but I, I feel like if you can find ways to make it sort of applicable to their world or for them to understand more than just like, ah, eh, it's like guys kicking a ball, who cares? Well, you know, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't compare your daughters to horses on podcasts. So um, why don't we move <laughs> on to that. another resolution? Graham, what's your next one? <laughs> okay, so my next uh, resolution is for uh, Deli Alley, and it's to learn to cook in 2022. <laughs> so as we all learned about uh, Deli Alley through the um, the All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur docuseries, the only thing that he can really cook is is baked beans. And that is going to be a bit of a problem for him, given that Antonio Conte has banned tomato ketchup since taking over at Spurs. So I'd suggest that uh, Deli Alley gets a series link set up on Saturday Kitchen or some Nigella Lawson. He needs to broaden his culinary horizons as long as he doesn't uh, ask Jack Grealish, his England teammate, for any tips because that's the same Jack Grealish who recently admitted to having had several pigs and blanket baguettes from Greg's this uh, <laughs> festive period. So yeah, and, and I probably wouldn't ask, <clears throat> excuse me, I probably wouldn't ask Harry Kane as well, who I imagine just eats plain chicken for every meal. Uh, that man had no gravy on his turkey for Christmas dinner, dinner <laughs> let me tell you. So yeah, Deli Ali, um, broaden your culinary horizons in 2022. Graham. I like the idea, but can I offer a counterpoint here um, from someone who is not a very good cook and tries to cook and inevitably fails? If I were as rich as Deli Ali, I would never cook. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, get someone else to cook for you. Just don't <laughs> eat baked beans. <laughs> fair enough. And it, yeah, that's that. Uh, may, maybe expand the repertoire a little beyond baked beans. Maybe to like a pot noodle or something. What do you think, Taylor? I wonder is he is he so. Like, not into cooking that if he were to move abroad, let's say he moved to Roma, would he, do you think, get into Italian cuisine or is he the type to still go to the shop and look for British baked beans to continue to cook I mean, them that way? He'd basically have Ryan Bailey's diet, essentially. <laughs> so Initially. Just- 
Lattes in Hard Rock Cafe? Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. exactly. Chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, they know my name at the McDonald's down the street from my house now. Let's just say that. How are you skinny? How are you skinny? <laughs> I'm All right, you ran a good. half marathon b- before recording. Never mind. Yep, you humble brag for me there. Thank you very much. I got you. Um, you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Taylor. Well, Deli Ali, yeah, learning to cook, maybe learning to get more into the Spurs team, Graham, and not get replaced by Kulishevsky in this window coming up. Well, I'd suggest he's making more progress on that than in the learning to cook side of things. <laughs> he has actually been in the team recently, whereas I am not convinced that he's uh, he's not eating uh, baked beans for every single meal. Fair enough. Well, if he does make that move to Italy, Graham, let's hope he doesn't put ranch on the pizza and doesn't um, make comments about what coffee does to him like certain other players <laughs> have done in the public eye. Mm. Uh, Taylor, what's next for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have a, I have a serious one. Uh, the NWSL's resolution is to have a normal season. Uh, I don't think there is a fan base that had a worse time in 2021 than fans of the NWSL. And that includes uh, people who were watching just because they support their local teams or they support individual players. Even journalists that I know who cover the league were sort of, by the end of the year, like, can you please just give me a good story, a story that is that makes it fun to cover this league? Because it was a very not fun time in 2021. And I think Given that we remain in the midst of a, of a global pandemic, I think NWSL fans deserve a season in which they can just enjoy the on-field product, enjoy the players and the personality, personalities involved, not have to sort of read horrific stories almost every other week. And I hope that NWSL can resolve to have a better 2022 where they just produce fun results on the field that people can enjoy and not terrifying stories off the pitch. Yeah, it feels like there's there's certainly room for growth, certainly in terms of broadcast, Taylor. I mean, there's been a few games getting on the bigger um, Mm -hmm. digital channels as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, sponsorships are increasing. We've got new new clubs coming online. And so to me, it feels like this could be a very positive year. I think the interest will continue to be there. And if anything, I'm hoping we see the kind of rebound impact from last season to this. And and I think there'll be stories coming out about what clubs are doing to operate differently and how they're changing their philosophy and their guiding Mm -hmm. mentalities. And I hope that those aren't just sort of uh, happy PR pieces. I hope they are realistic depictions of what is going on. And then as the season progresses, instead of those pieces, we just get, hey, here's what this rookie is doing. How many goals can Trinity Rodman score? Uh, More exciting stories about the actual sport. That would be my hope. That would be, I guess, the resolution that I am giving to the NWSL. Definitely. Maybe, Graham, we should resolve the NWSL broadcast some games outside of the US so uh, we have a sporting chance of seeing them outside that continent too. (laughs) Yeah, that's always the issue when uh, I have to talk about NWSL games <laughs> is they are literally not broadcast anywhere in the UK. And, and, and that feels a little bit strange given that in, in the women's game, the NWSL has always sort of led the, led the way. And I feel like in the UK, obviously with the women's league over here, it is growing in stature a, a mm. lot. You know, the games are on BBC, live in the BBC, live on Sky Sports. The clubs are getting better. The players are getting better as well. So it feels like the NWSL has the potential to, I think it's still the bigger league than the, the league we have over here, the women's league in the UK, but it feels like that the, they can maybe join that upward trajectory in, in 2022. And number of different ways as taylor says maybe let's not have so many uh, depressing stories about that league next year indeed let us trend in a positive direction and speaking of trending in a positive direction that leads me nicely to my next resolution the most serious one we're going to discuss today gentlemen i i want um england the england national team to resolve to win the world cup in 2022 that's a fairly simple but uh direct aim for them um 
well, you know, getting to World Cup semi-final last time round, getting to European Championships um, in uh, this year, indeed, the best performance of the major tournament in 55 years. Ergo, hence, therefore, if you follow that chain, it has to be a World Cup win next time around. We've got a, a wide open tournament here. There's no obvious favour, I would suggest. No geographical advantage necessarily for those outside of the host. With all due respect, the host probably aren't going to go terribly far in this contest. I had a look, Taylor, at the odds um, for the winner here. And the top four are Brazil, France, Spain and England. Um, but we all think England are going to do it this time, right, Taylor? Yeah, of course. I'm assuming the yeah. United States is fifth. You just didn't include them because you only wanted to do the top four? Correct. That's, that's yeah, okay, quite that right. Sense. Yes. How, I, honestly, how do you feel about the England national team right now? Because it, it seems like, to your point, there are like other national teams that are historically very, very strong. Everybody feels like they're, to me, in a state of rebuilding, or if not rebuilding, mm-hmm. there are a lot of question marks around some of the, the big kind of giant national teams. Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling like you all are in a good position, Ryan? Feeling like in, in a very good position, yes, and which is unusual for an England fan and an English person because the default setting is pessimism, which it is for most uh, British fans of, of soccer, to be fair. But um, <laughs> I've ne- not since 1996 when there was sort of that feeling in the country of hosting the tournament where we felt we could go all the way and unfortunately didn't. Um, th- there hasn't been that kind of positive feeling that there is around the team right now. And I feel genuinely like we're a real contender, which feels quite odd because England despite their stature, very much pitch themselves as an underdog and, you know, going out in glorious failure and so on and so forth. But looking at those those other teams, Brazil, France and Spain, I don't feel intimidated terribly by them, except for maybe Brazil, because they're a slightly less known quantity in terms of we don't play them as often. Uh, and in terms of they did very well, in, they have been doing very well in qualification as well. Graham, what are your thoughts on the World Cup? And um, I, it was actually, uh, excuse me, United States fifth in the old Scotland was sixth. Actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That means yeah. we're actually going to be there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's either going to be England they're going to win the whole thing or crash out in the group stage. And obviously, I Ooh. hope it's the, <laughs> the latter. Um, it very much feels like England are their own worst, worst enemy when it becomes becomes uh, when they get too confident. Basically, I think back to the two thousand and six World Cup, where on paper England for me probably had the strongest team in that whole World Cup. I mean, I can still name probably that team from back to front you know Ashley Cole Rio Ferdinand John Terry Gary Neville right back uh, Scholes Lampard in central midfield uh, sorry not Scholes Lampard uh, Gerard Lampard you know Rooney was in that team Michael Owen was still good there's a lot of good players Joe Cole left wing at that time David Beckham on the right wing that is a that is an exceptional team and yet I don't think what was it the quarterfinals was that the the Ronaldo the Ronaldo Rooney match yeah so it feels it often feels like I think England's biggest strength in the last two tournaments in a in a mindset talking about their mentality and their mindset has been that maybe they haven't kind of got ahead of themselves particularly in 2018 where I think England were quite happy just to kind of get out of the group I think the fact they made it out to the to the semi-finals was a, was a big achievement even in the Euros I've still felt that sense of pessimism from England fans mm. that ah, we're not actually going to win it and obviously that is the way that it pans out but they still got to the got to the final so if England are heading into a tournament thinking of themselves as the favourite that kind of weirdly gives me uh, some comfort because the track records <laughs> In that sense, is not particularly good. <laughs> but going in in that way, Graham, it does. It speaks to the mentality, as you say there. The mentality before the default has been, you know, it's going to be glorious failure. It's going to be quarterfinals. We're not going to go all the way. Whereas this group of players, I think, believe they can go the distance, and that I, could I, be the real difference maker. And and they should. If I'm being serious for a second, that that team is is phenomenal. I think maybe 
only France, in terms of the, the depth of the talent pool at the moment, can mm. compete with England. I still think France have the edge in that regard, but obviously they had a poor Euro, so England maybe are the stronger team at the moment. But I think England might even be stronger in terms of their, their quality of the squad this, in 2022 than they were last year. I'm looking at the, the goalkeeper. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale, might he be the England number one by the time the World Cup comes round? I think he's yeah. maybe a better option at the moment than, than Jordan Pickford. That is a, an upgrade in my view. And then in central midfield, you know, Jude Bellingham, is he maybe going to be first team? I think that's maybe how England become a little bit more proactive as they introduce players like, like him. And maybe Emil Smith Rowe is another option as well. So it feels like England have a lot of options in every single area of the pitch. And that concerns me slightly. (laughs) I hope this question, I hope this analogy makes sense, but like if you leave like a, a bag of tea in too long and let it steep too long, it gets sort of bitter. Is that fair to say? It can get strong, sure. Strong like England. Uh, okay, so maybe, maybe this will be the wrong analogy then. But like, I feel like there's an there's a point at which England players become like self aware of that whole like like we're gonna win it. We're the best team in the world, and you do have to have youth in there who are like Calvin Phillips in the last World Cup is just sort of Declan Rice the same. They're there and they're just like doing their job, and I feel like they don't have the historical baggage behind them. And mm-hmm. I feel like as long as you have players who are in there just doing their job and almost like excited to be there, as opposed to understanding the ramifications of the World Cup and the historical sort of weight on their shoulders. I think that's where England uh, tend to get tripped up because sometimes it seems like they respond to that with a little bit too much swagger and a little bit not enough tactics. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm very excited about this World Cup already. I know it's quite a long way away, but, you know, us us on that cruise ship, guys, we're going to be on that cruise We're going to be probably in a little dinghy next to the cruise ship. Maybe that's all we'll be able to manage. But we've gotta... Arizona Joe's going to be camping in the desert. That's yeah. his uh, That's his domain. That's right. He's going to be plotting out tactics on the sand with a big stick. I would pay to see that. I would definitely pay to see that. And I cannot wait for that to occur. Uh, let's get a couple more resis in, shall we, gents? Uh, Taylor, what do you got next? Actually, with uh, the one that you just said in mind, Ryan, one of my actual near, uh, nearest resolutions would be for the four of us to be in one location in 2022. I think mm. that would be very fun. Ideally, to cover the World Cup, ideally in person. Ideally not in Qatar, but that's where the World Cup's going to be, so I guess we'll have to be in Qatar. But if not, like maybe we're covering it all in London or all in New York or we're doing some event together. I think it would be really nice to get the four of us in one space, not be in four different time zones, which is always a little bit of a conundrum. Uh, and I would like, you know, just to get to meet Ryan or Graham face to face. I've met Joe and Ryan at various points, but I'm not sure if anybody has met all three of us. So I think it would be fun to get to hang out for a little bit uh, as a foursome. Yeah, indeed. I thought you were going to say, I don't know if anyone's actually met Graham there rather than the three of us. I was like, well, eh, I was, fair. I wasn't sure if you two, if you and Ryan have ever, have, inter- have ever interacted before outside of doing this show, like in person. Not mm-hmm. not in person, no. I mean, yeah. we, we did stuff for Bleach Report before this, yeah. but n- not in person. No, I've never I've never met any of you guys in person. Weird. So I am the outlier. It is slightly strange. I talk to you more than I talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. I can believe that. Uh, what the listener doesn't know, by the way, is we each wear a ring, and when we all meet in person, we're going to combine yeah. those rings together, and we create Captain Planet. Isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great day. Uh, Graham, let's get one more from you. <laughs> I'm still reeling from that. Um, yep. Yeah, my, my next resolution is for Jurgen Klopp, and it's stop making excuses, man. 
I mean, Klopp is a hugely entertaining character. He has been great for the Premier League product, and not just in terms of his Liverpool team on the pitch. He is a, an excellent coach. I even admire the the stands he has taken on vaccines and poverty and Brexit and so many other things. He tends to say the right thing, but my goodness, learn how to take a defeat. I mean, there, there, there's an excuse every single time. The other day when Liverpool lost to Leicester City, he said that, and this is a quote, they had to play two days ago, they had to fight through this really intense period and they did it really well. This was after Klopp had complained about Liverpool having to play so many games over Christmas, even though Liverpool had a six-day break over Christmas. They had one of their games postponed. And if I'm looking back at some of the excuses that he made in 2021 for defeats, and keep in mind there were a lot of defeats at the start of the year for Liverpool, it was a bit pretty poor period for them, but he has blamed bad results on the wind, Alison Becker having cold feet, on God being a Man City fan, on snow, on sun, <laughs> on television, this is a favourite of his, he's, he's blamed that more, more than once, this TV schedule, mm. on officials, on injuries to opposition players, not even injuries to his own players, injuries to opposition players, the ball, Manchester United getting a lot of penalties... I mean, just take a defeat on the chin is my advice for Jurgen Klopp in 2022. Just to be clear, Graham, did he blame the sun as in the sky or Son Hung-min? Because I feel like he probably blamed both various Well, the points. newspaper. Yeah, and also probably the newspaper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the sun, yes. <laughs> um, this does raise an important question. Uh, which team does God support, if not Man City? Uh, I, is it Maybe, is it Italy? Because how else did they get to that final? Come on. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's a good question. What team does God support? I mean, uh, Germany, they, they always seem to do well in tournaments. I mean, we, we've seen the gif of Pep Guardiola screaming two over and over and over again, and it does end with him looking <laughs> to the heavens and screaming two. It does seem like maybe he has the direct line of access. Maybe there is a little that bit of conversation sense. there. I, I like yeah, God, God doesn't support Man City. He's just a Pep fan. That's how it works, I think. What if God was just one of us, just a slob like one of us, you know? <laughs> do you think about that? <laughs> trying to find his way home. Um, oh, Graham, I like your resolution a lot there. Uh, uh, but, and it is, it does, you do reveal a character flaw in Jurgen Klopp in who seems like a great guy to hang out with in general. But on the other flip side of that, is it part of the elite mentality to not take losing yeah. very well? Is, he wouldn't be the same person if he didn't. I mean, how, are, how many other managers of his stature are magnanimous in defeat? Yeah, I, I feel like maybe this is uh, something that differentiates Klopp from the rest of us. That's why he is an elite level Premier League manager and I am just a jabroni sitting at home watching the games on my TV. So, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have you any other way, Graham. Don't you worry about that. Uh, some excellent resolutions so far. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll come back with a few more. Back soon. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Total Soccer Show. We are back. We are talking New Year's resolutions. Gents, I'm going to recycle another one from last year, which I used on this show, because that tends to be my way, even with resolutions in real life and in, indeed, the soccer world. I tend to not actually do them. <laughs> I'm very eco-friendly, yeah, I'm reusing things. Uh, but I tend to actually make the same resolution year after year. And funnily enough, just like Daily Ali, most of my resolutions are based around trying to cook more because I'm terrible at it. Uh, but one resolution I mentioned on this show last year was to try and watch more games undistracted. Um, I'm a person, I'm, you know, second screen. I've always got, to, uh, often got Twitter out. I'm often got my laptop making notes when we're when we're analyzing a show for weekend review i think the only time i properly sit down and watch a game is when i literally go to the stadium as a fan it's something which i was lucky enough to do this week actually i went to oxford to see a game uh well i wasn't lucky because we were terrible wimbledon hey wimbledon reference um but um i i feel like i don't do enough sitting and enjoying the game i always have to try and get that extra screen or try and analyze where i don't I don't um, enjoy the flow of the game enough. Graham, do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I know what you mean. I, I struggle to watch a game. I mean, a lot of the time I'll be watching a second game, particularly on a Saturday or, or a Sunday or sometimes even a third game, um, which maybe means I have to go back and watch the game I've been watching in full, which doesn't seem like a, a very efficient use of time. Maybe I could I could change that slightly in 2022. But yeah, even when I don't, I'm not watching multiple games. I've got my phone out, checking Twitter. Mm. A lot of the time I'll have Football Manager out, and that is a, a, a real distraction. What? Um, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll, that's quite common for me is to play Football Manager at the same time as watching a game and so take some you, notes. You, and you're a, you'll watch multiple games simultaneously sometimes, right, Graham? Admittedly, yeah, I, I wouldn't crack out Football Manager if I've got three games on. That that might be <laughs> slightly too much. <laughs> All right, so let me let me see. Would you watch like a TV series at the same time a game was on? Well, how how much can you divide your attention? I'm I'm curious now. Yeah, I, I could I could watch. A, I, I frequently do that. I'll have a TV series on the big screen and I'll have something a game on my iPad. Yeah, I think I was doing that last night actually for the, the United Burnley game. I, yeah. How how are you able to process all these things? Like, yeah, like are understand. you actually able to like pay attention to individual moments, or do you sort of like? Because for me, if I do that, I get really paranoid that I'm going to miss things, and then Graham will be like, "Oh, in the fifth minute, everybody saw that, right?" And I will have totally glossed over it. It seems like Graham, are you able to actually like process all those things, or do you sort of pay attention to the big moments? Uh, you just have to have the audio really loud on both things, so that when something <laughs> happens, you're alerted to it. Yeah, my daughter never sleeps, by the way. <laughs> So, one one question, genuine question for you both, because I sort of have this same issue, uh, and and I find especially for week, like weekend review shows, sometimes I end up watching games like later on Sunday once I have the time to get caught up. But if I'm going in cold, I don't have the same level of enthusiasm I might otherwise. Should we try to build into the show? Maybe on like a Thursday show, we announce like which big game we're definitely going to cover over the weekend. We always have a few ideas in mind and then we basically wait uh, for people who are, uh, for listeners, we'll wait and then see what happens and then we'll decide like, okay, we had four games. We're definitely going to talk about these two because they were interesting. But if we decide the one big game ahead of time and maybe if not fully preview it on the show, just talk out a little bit about what we're excited for. Would that help you all? Cause I think it would help me. Feeling like, oh yeah, I was going to watch for this. Uh, Joe was excited for that. Graham wanted to see this guy, and maybe it will give me more of a like firm interest in the game as opposed to just turning on a game and seeing what happens. Maybe, but it it does feel like this podcast is turning into a production meeting, Taylor. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, resolutions, baby. It's all about planning. All about planning. <laughs> 
Uh, well, yeah. either way, I think we can all resolve to find a way to make that happen in 2022. I like this Definitely. play. Yeah. So, 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 Graham, you, you, um, you've watched all eight hours of the Beatles documentary, which is excellent. So uh-huh. when like Ringo's like, oh, oh, I want to go on the roof. And, you know, there's these little moments are happening. Are you like watching like Tottenham at the same time? <laughs> I have to say the beat get back. I, I committed my full attention to get back because I was, I was, I was looking forward to it so much. So I, I didn't, I don't think I watched anything else while I was watching that. It was so interesting. So that was an exception. Yeah. I can't even watch two games at the same time. Taylor, can you? No, I cannot. I always think I can, and then I end up either only watching one or having no idea what happened in either. <sighs> Such is life. Taylor, resolutions, what you got? Uh, you know what? Uh, I will answer that. I will say, actually, in the Euros, I was able to do that because I would have two different pages of a notebook, one for each game. And as long as I'm taking notes, sometimes there was crossover, but if I can take notes on both at the same time, I am able to sort of track what's happening in each game. So maybe it is just continuing to keep good notes. That will be my resolution for 2022. <laughs> uh, if I'm going to keep giving out resolutions for other folk, um, I will say this. Another peek behind the curtain. Uh, we recorded this episode yesterday, Thursday morning, and then I had technical issues. Graham and Ryan were very flexible, very patient, and we are back recording it on Friday. And I say that not to praise you two, but to say that uh, I had a prediction for Romelu Lukaku yesterday. It is going to be different today because in the 24 hours uh, since we stopped recording... He said some things and seems to have alienated the pretty much all Chelsea fans and yet at the same time hasn't really turned that many heads at Inter from the reporting I've seen because they're having a pretty strong season. And so he ends up sort of in this position where it seems like Chelsea fans are mad, but he is playing for Chelsea. Inter fans aren't clamoring for him to come home uh, because I guess that's what he now feels. Uh, so I don't really know where the situation lies for him going forward. So I think... The only logical solution is for him to go backwards. So Romelu Lukaku resolves to find Doc Brown, uh, work on the DeLorean, go back in time, figure out where he wants to be, and then just remain in that spot. So maybe it's Chelsea the first time, maybe it's Chelsea this time, maybe it's Inter, maybe it's Man United. It's not, but maybe it is. Uh, and then he can just stay there and be happy and know West exactly Brom. where he wants to be. Yeah, it could be West <laughs> Brom, it could be Everton, who knows? So find Doc Brown, go back in time, stay there, be happy. Have success, Romelu Lukaku in 2022. Best way to move forward is to move back, right, Taylor? There we go. Yep. Yeah, I like <laughs> the that. Fabian strategy: retreat to go forward. <laughs> and to uh, to give the listener a little peek further behind the curtain, we did a show for Bleacher Report uh, on Thursday. Of course, listener, you know that because you watched it and lavished uh, Bleacher Report with praise uh, for us. But um, <laughs> uh, we were 50 minutes or so into an hour-long show, and the producer uh, came in her ear and said, "Oh, by the way, Lukaku said all these insane things. Go wow. at it." <laughs> so that was a, that it was, was so, interesting. It was so it was so unexpected. I thought it was one of those like made up stories that Lukaku said, "Oh yeah, I will always love Inter, but I'm a Chelsea player now." And that got twisted into Inter is my home. I wish I could play for Inter. And to see the actual quote of just like I am not happy at Chelsea. I miss playing at Inter basically. Uh I wasn't really ready for how direct that quote was going to be. Yeah. And Graham, at the, just this very weekend, I believe there was a lot of talk about um, Lukaku being the answer for Chelsea and coming mm-hmm. back and, and being so good. And I think I made the point of exercising caution around that. Maybe that's justified now. Yeah, perhaps. I, I think the one thing we should mention about the interview is it, it seems to have happened, I've read, three weeks ago. So maybe things have changed since then, given that Lukaku has come back into mm-hmm. the team and seems to be playing relatively well. And Chelsea mm-hmm. are doing a little bit better now. So maybe he has changed his tune, but it was certainly it was certainly something, shall we say. Yeah. So we better <laughs> hope he's fickle then. Is that right, Graham? When he's yeah. I mean, we all are. 
So, <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Graham, with that, would you like to give us another re- resolution? Yeah. So my next resolution is for Stephen Gerrard, and it's to get a new haircut for 2022. What? Uh, yeah, so I'll explain. Stephen Gerrard's commitment to having exactly the same haircut for 25 years oh, is quite has. remarkable. And if you look <laughs> at pictures from when he was breaking through for Liverpool as a teenager, he has exactly the same haircut as he does now. Uh, and of course, Gerrard is now a manager. He's just taken his first Premier League job. And as we have discussed on the podcast before, uh, whether I like it or not, managers are now held to a higher standards in, in terms of their touchline appearance. Um, and as I say, I don't like that this is the case, but we can't deny that times have changed. So Gerard should enter 2022 with a new haircut, in my opinion. He could opt for the Ronaldo at the 2002 World Cup. He's certainly got the hairline to pull mm. that off. Uh, uh, or he, he could maybe grow out a bit like Thomas Frank. That would be my choice oh, because yeah. I think if Gerard had that hair, he'd be considered a tactical mastermind and he'd probably be Liverpool manager by now. If, if he wants to be considered a tactical mastermind, I think there's only one direction. Uh, Sean Dyche skinhead, Graham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone who has a, a skinhead with the, the ginger beard like that is considered a tactical mastermind. You're onto something there. <laughs> it's, you make a point about him having the same haircut throughout his career. The only other player I can think of that happening to is Javier Zanetti, who I think if you saw they had his Panini stickers, there, there was a <laughs> shot of all of them together. It's like two decades worth. He looks identical in every single one. The haircut remains consistent throughout one. It really stuff. does. That helmet of hair. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Taylor, what do you think? Any suggestions for uh, Steve, Stevie Gerrard's new haircut? Uh, Graham has sort of blown my mind. Like, I really never thought about that. And then the only, every time I picture Steven Gerrard now, it is the exact same hairstyle. I, but now it's a problem because I don't know how it could go different. Because it does feel like the only thing he could do is shave it. And that's kind of boring. But, like, long flowing locks, Gerard. I don't know about that one. I think it'd be interesting. I think we should try it out. Let's make that happen in 2022. Let's get him I, a perm. Let's get him a perm a, in 2022. A, a Keegan perm, yeah. Yes. That, that would go down pretty well on, on, on Mergy's side. I do wonder if it is actually a helmet. Like, if, a, if, a, if a, a barber got close to that and, you know, the scissors would just go bing and just come straight off the top. No, you're not cutting that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys look at David Squires' cartoons in The Guardian, but when he draws Mikel Arteta, he draws him literally as a Lego figure because he's got Lego hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar sort of vibe, yeah, actually. It is. It it is, is. Similar. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that hairline, frankly. I, I wish I had Stevie Gerrard's <laughs> hairline. I'm very envious of that. Um, I have one more resolution to bestow upon you, and it's one I believe I can actually fulfill and i'm going to fulfill it my resolution for 2022 is to go and watch charlotte fc games in mls something wouldn't have been possible a few years ago it's very much possible this coming season i'm very excited for mls this season i've uh, lived in charlotte for 10 years uh consider it basically my home uh and to have been a part of that team essentially from the outset it's been very very exciting got a home opener coming up uh, in March against LA Galaxy. The week after that is a road trip to Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to go to both of those. Uh, I'm going to get that in order. So I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, getting some true Carolinian MLS right. experience. Ryan, are you going to be their like, mascot in the same way that the... Oh, I've forgotten his name. The Nashville fan. What's he called? Soccer Jesus. Is oh, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be Charlotte's soccer Jesus? Well, I'll give you a bit of exclusive here. I'm actually going to be Charlotte FC's mascot. I'm going to dress as a king and walk out on the field every game. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I- I'm not sure if you're joking or not, but I'm, <laughs> I am in favor. I wish right, I wasn't. 
Will the CGI Panther be involved when it comes to Charlotte FC games? <laughs> and if so, and if not, I should say, could that be you? Can we just have CGI Ryan Bailey on the scoreboard jumping down periodically throughout the game? <laughs> They'll be missing a trick if they don't do a CGI something. But what yeah. do you think of CGI Panther, Taylor? Because uh, people were blown away by it. And I was like, I mean, it's great, but it's a giant CGI Panther. I mean, I think <laughs> that about sums up my feelings on the giant CGI Panther. Yeah, yeah, it is very cool though. Let's be fair; it was it is pretty, pretty cool <laughs> stuff. And I think they're going to do some more. Is that do you call that augmented reality? Don't you that kind of deal? Yeah. I think there's going to be plenty more of that, and probably more of that in MLS. We saw a little a little glimpse of that kind of thing, I suppose. That MLS is back in terms of putting advertising everywhere. It's, so we're probably yeah. going to see some more of that in the league, I'd imagine. Coming, I up feel too. like we could use. Uh, as a society, use CGI in football better than for advertising in Panthers. I mean, that is not what I would put in a st- like CGI Bane in the middle of a stadium. Like that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, with this little controller and um, murdering physicists, astrophysicists, or whatever it was on the on the field. Wonderful yeah, you went dark with it. Yeah, you all went dark with it. I, I thought you meant like Shaolin soccer style. Like we need more triple backflips while people score a goal. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, we could. I mean, if we did extend it, we could like CGI Maradona back onto the field. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Sure. Someone's going to propose that in a World Cup bid. I was going to say there'll be like a hologram alternate reality. Yeah, <laughs> there no we'll be watching hologram games soon within good time. I'm quite sure. Yeah, and, Maradona uh, versus Pele in in hologram form. Pele will be the side going. I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me, Craig. Goodness me. I'm going to move swiftly on from that and add a little addendum onto my resolution to go and watch some MLS games this year. I'm also going to resolve living in Italy at the moment as I am. I'm not going to live there forever. I want to make the most of it. I want to go to the San Siro. I want to go to a game at Juventus. I want to go to a game in Napoli. Uh, at yeah. Napoli and I want to go to... Um, yeah. I think I'll go to the fashion brand as well up in Venice and check out them as well. So that you know, you can um, it's relatively easy to hop on the train and go and go to these cities uh, from Rome. So I'm going to resolve to do that as well and do a little tour yeah. of Italy. You know, like at Olive Garden where you get the tour of Italy, Taylor. Favorite <laughs> Olive Garden choice. I'm going to do that in real life. Ryan, have you tried to find an Olive Garden since you've been in Italy? Please tell me you have. <laughs> of course, uh, he has. Quote, <laughs> I have, but to quote Bono, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, Taylor. There we go. I, I pine for the greatest uh, restaurant in North America, which, of course, is Olive Garden in Times Square. <laughs> Ryan seeking an Olive Garden is a runaway train never coming back. Wrong way on a one-way track. I just want to continue the kind of time period appropriate song lyrics that Ryan seems to have established. Oh, I'm in a mood today. I apologize. I've had too much coffee. Uh, Taylor, have you got any more resolutions? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, one is more of a threat. I think the New York Red Bulls resolution had better be to assemble a squad capable of winning MLS Cup in convincing fashion or their fans might riot by November. Uh, that's just maybe a warning, but also a resolution for the Red Bulls. But my main one is that Greg Berhalter had better resolve to make the U.S. qualify for the World Cup. I hope that is his resolution. I think the U.S. will, but I hope that that is 100% his plan and his resolution and he is resolving to get the United States there, especially since they are the fifth favorite to win it. <laughs> I mean, are you in any doubt that that will happen, Taylor? Oh, that is an uncomfortable question. Uh, <laughs> no, but that makes me uncomfortable because I was similarly inclined to say no last time round. So mm. I, I have faith in this team. I think Burhalter is getting the results he needs to get. It does seem like he's figuring them out. There are still problem areas that I wish we had more proven talent or more like definite answers, but... It seems like as as we progress in qualifying, I feel like we will continue to get the results we need. Maybe we don't finish top of the group. Maybe we finish third. But I think in the end, the United States will end up qualifying. Uh, that would be my hope and my expectation. So I am I am confident but nervous at the same time. 
Graham, what are your thoughts on the US making it and what they might potentially do in Qatar? No pressure here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to make it, aren't yeah. they? That 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 team is too good not to make it. I think it's a better team than than the team that missed out on 2018. Agreed. And in the Ocho, it's what? Uh, top three teams and then fourth goes into the Intercontinental Playoff. Is that right? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's enough margin for error, I think. I'm fairly confident in saying the US will be in Qatar. Obviously, once you get to the World Cup, it's fairly dependent on the the draw and the group stages. So I, I, I think what I will say is I think the US has the quality to get out of the group stages and, and maybe even make the the quarterfinals, potentially, I'd say, is the ceiling for that team, in my opinion. But it, as I say, it de- depends on the, the draw. If they get a king draw, then yeah, I think they can they can go that far. Or if you get a draw where you're in a group with a team that like the national press thinks so little of your team that they were to make an acronym about the other teams in the group and make it easy or something <laughs> like that, then maybe if the other team is overconfident, you can find a way to qualify ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure who you're reference, referencing, no? Taylor, but <laughs> no yeah, one in particular. that sounds about right. Uh, n- no England in particular, no? No. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm going to be nice and say I'm, I'm very excited to, for the potential of the US being in the World Cup because it is really exciting when they are and I've been I was, I was out there in 2014 there was a, I think the US had the most fans outside of Bra- uh, Brazilians there and it was absolutely brilliant the atmosphere was wonderful Taylor I, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you this with all due respect do you think the mm. US are like a tournament team in that they tend to at the World Cup outkick their coverage and it makes things very exciting yeah I think that's fair to say I think that there's a team that when you don't have the expectations to win and there is sort of a like almost lucky to be here i don't think the us is lucky to be there like at all but i think there is a a freedom when you don't have expectations on you the political candidate that knows they are not going to get the nomination for president i feel like has the freedom to kind of say what they actually feel what they actually believe as opposed to what uh, focus groups and outside interests have told them they believe. And I think the same goes for national teams to some extent. When you are a, a team that's going in there that is qualified but doesn't have huge expectations, as Graham said, if the ceiling is the quarterfinal, if the expectation is hopefully maybe you make it out of the group, I think that does free you up to play the style of soccer you need to play. There isn't the pressure of you're supposed to be an attacking team, you're supposed to be a possession team, you're supposed to be this or that. I think it is just find a way to win, and that's what's most important. And I think sometimes teams can get in their own way or get in their own heads. I think the United States, because they don't have that level of pressure and that level of just sort of specificity with their style of play, I think oftentimes does end up being more of a tournament team, yes. All right, that sounds good to me. Let's go USMNT. Let's go England. Scotland, you do your thing. Um, Graham. <laughs> we might be there, hopefully. You might Maybe, be there. You probably might be not. There. Good luck Who'd to you. you get, what's your draw again, Graham? So we've got Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the first game and then likely probably Wales in the, in, in the final. So. How, I'm how fairly would that confident. Be, how would that be? I, I genuinely don't know Scottish-Welsh like uh, relations. Would there be... Would there be like a, like an increased police presence? Would it be sort of like a Scotland England thing, or is it mostly just like ah no, like we're we're fine with it. It'll be okay. Um, it's it's certainly not on a Scotland England yeah. scale, but Scotland fans, let me tell you, and me 
personally as well, giving an insight into my own personal sentiment. We're all very bitter about how Wales have done recently at major ah. tournaments. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I'm not sure how they feel towards us, but I would really, really, really like to beat Wales on the way to the World Cup. That is a, a personal ambition of mine for 2022. Uh, Graham, I'm not Welsh, but I'm sure they're very amused that you feel that way. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh. We oh, all no. do. A country of six million people are very bitter towards Wales at the moment. Oh, bless you. Well, this has been a, a very fun resolution show. If my calculations are correct, Graham, I believe you have maybe one more resolution to share with us. Uh, you can go last here. No pressure to make it really, really good. Oh, jeez. Okay. It's actually very similar to, to what you have already said. It's, it's one for myself, and I'm going to try and go to more matches in 2022, which is very similar to what you said. But Sterling Albion, my team, I, I last year, I think I only went to watch them three times. Obviously, it was very difficult with the pandemic. Um, and we in Scotland, we didn't have fans for basically the whole season last season. But um, And it's quite difficult with my job to go and see them. But my work circumstances are going to change in 2022. So hopefully I'm going to go and watch them a lot more in, in, in the new year. And just in general, I'd like to go and see a lot more soccer. So I'd like to beat that Scotland game in March against Ukraine, if, if that, I can make that happen. I, I Even like Kilmarnock FC play along the road from me from where I live. I'm open to going and watching a Kilmarnock game every so often. So yeah, that's one of my big personal ambitions for the new year. That's awesome. And let me ask you a sincere question, Graham. When you go to Sterling Albion... Are you going to have like a Premier League game on your phone and then like curb your enthusiasm <laughs> on your iPad? <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I run the fantasy uh, football in Scotland, so I might actually have to uh, take a laptop or an iPad or something with me and just kind of keep it under under the chair and not make it very obvious that <laughs> I am, I'm also doing something else. Ryan, you know what I heard there? I heard not a no is what I heard yeah. there. So it <laughs> does feel like, yes, there will be some curb your enthusiasm played at a Sterling game. Definitely. He's going to be streaming Netflix as well. Definitely uh, at the stadium. Oh, goodness me, Graham. What a wonderful way to end our resolutions show. Um, I think, Taylor, have you got any more? I think that's it, right? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I'm pretty good. I have, Yeah, yeah. I, let's end there. I like Graham going to games, uh, the USA qualifying for the World Cup. It all feels like an optimistic note to end on. It is indeed. 2022 is going to be fantastic. Uh, Graham Rudman, thank you very much for your time. Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to you, Ryan Bailey, and to all the listeners as well. Thank you very much, Taylor Rocco. You continue to be the best. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, I should say. <laughs> uh, to you as well, to listeners. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we look forward to talking to you all in 2022. Thank you very much, listener. We'll be back in 22. But for now, bye. Total Soccer Show, we are back. We are talking New Year... No, we're not. Get it together, Bailey.